It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo and all points in between. And today, it's going to take us to Montana. But before we go there, we've got to head across the Pacific Rim, the Pacific Ocean, to Tokyo, Japan, and everybody's favorite legendary Tokyo wrestling personality, author, new book coming out, so much more. But I call him my friend, Fumi Said. Hello from Tokyo. Fumi, how are you? Oh, good. I'm so happy to do this, the Pacific Rim. And we really have to do this more often. Well, I, here's what we're going to do. I want to mention this right off the top for everybody listening. I got so many okay. messages from people. What does Fumi think of the whole Ibushi New Japan thing? Ibushi situation? What, okay. Oh, we're not doing this today. Not today. But why don't we, <laughs> we promise everybody right now, we'll, sure. get it, we'll, get, yes. we'll get it done and get your thoughts and everything before my Friday. How about that? Sure, sure. Done oh, done. I, you know what? I just, if, you know, time and schedule allows, uh, we could do one, two shows a week. We're going to start cranking these bad boys out again. <laughs> okay. All right? Very happy. You know, one of the cool things about uh, being in Fumi's shadow are some of the great people that I have got to meet over the years. And uh, my relationship with Fumi uh, and the people that I've met, our guest today is at the top, if not the top of the list. She is the timeless badass, and I'm going to have the privilege to manage her coming up on the 28th in Las Vegas. We'll get to that. But ladies and gentlemen, all Japan legend, Debbie Malenko. Hello from Montana. Hello, Debbie. Hey, Fumi. Oh, ah, yes. This is going to be great. It's been a long time. This is good. Yeah. When did you two meet? How we, how we met? Oh, it goes way back in 1991. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> Over yeah, th- yeah, thirty-one years to be exact. No, don't, yeah. no, 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 no! Don't do the math. Okay. All right. <laughs> when, when you get older, you don't do math anymore. You just spit it. All right. And let people figure it out. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but we go back a long time, and you uh, were like a nineteen years of age. Were you fluent in Japanese when you yes. got there? No, no, not at all. I didn't know any Japanese when I got there. So what kind of so rule? Fumi was a great help with that. Yeah, that's what kind of... show me places to eat and how to order and... He did that for that. So he's basically the reason I survived, yes. He did that for <laughs> a lot of... Sweet. He did that for a lot right. of people. Yeah, to make long story short, she, you know, you know, Debbie was training at the great... Malenko Wrestling School at the time. And a real good friend of mine, Bill Otten, a photographer, you know, he took her photos. And I spotted this girl. Who is this girl, right? And, yeah, but he uh, wasn't there for me. He was there taking pictures of Carl Gotch at the time. He was doing a sure. um, photo spread for your magazine about him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you were the only female training among people like, you know, 
uh, like a Malenko trainee, you know, like a tough guys. And one girl, <laughs> I'm sorry, woman, uh, who trained you know, under Carl Gotch. And I believe you're the only woman ever, and probably we, I mean, well, he's gone. So uh, Carl didn't train women, period. And you were in the training sessions, and then you happened to be the, the only woman ever, you know, who were actually trained by Carl Gotch. And we didn't I, realize that's that. what I've heard. I've I've heard that too that he hasn't trained or didn't train any other after me, which right. And also is, at the time you did not really know Korogatz's real legacy either. No, I didn't know him from anybody else in the gym. Right, they didn't clue you in. So who really he really was the god of wrestling. You know, <laughs> you, you didn't you did not know who you were trained by that day. Oh my gosh. Well, even even if they told me, the reality doesn't sink in until you get to know his legacy and you start to hear stories or you start to do the research and then you're like, holy shit, that just happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you actually met real Carl Gotch by accident almost. Yep. Yeah. Divine intervention. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, the training session was, you know, the, you know, Toei Ishikawa was there, the people like Bart Vail, also, of course, Masami Soranaka, the Willie Wilkins Jr., the, all these American Malenko Korogach style trainee who were sent to UWF at the time. Right. Norman Smiley was there. Norman Smiley um, was there, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this guy, they didn't train you the way, I mean, other American style wrestling session. It was all wrestling on the mat doing submissions and what are we doing this right <laughs> what are well, we doing i loved today? it though because i went from high school wrestling to professional wrestling and when i saw the guys in there and they were you know doing holds and arm bars and escapes and, it, you, know, and catch, you know catch wrestling i'm like i know that that that's you know, that's my speed. That's what I like. So instantly I'm, you know, sitting on the apron, just watching, just glued to what they're doing. And I think that is why he looked at me and he waved me in the ring. Carl. Carl himself. Oh. He's, he's like, come on oh. in. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yes, please. So. Oh, and then didn't really treat you like a girl and just one of, one of the boys. So you just do the spa. You know, right. And, if you're going to uh, be in there, you're going to do the work, and there you go. Yeah. You know, if, if you can't, hang, you can't to, do it. I mean, you hold you until you scream. Pretty much. Tap, yeah. scream. Yeah. Beg for tap, mercy. Scream, tap, scream. Until <laughs> you stand in that the uh, ankle hold, that the uh, oh. yeah, all these things. Oh yeah, that was a fake. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, and Jim. To make long story short, so I, you know, I asked, you know, I mean, only women in that photo that, that, that actually female wrestler is being trained by God of Wrestling Carl Gotch, you know, and then uh, we got to get a hold of this girl, right? And uh, when my photographer friend, you know, Bill Otten asked Debbie, you know, what's your goal? And then she said she wanted to come to Japan. Done deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah. 
Well, and also, which was great for me. I was, you know, what when someone says, "What is your dream?" and then someone shows up with a contract, going, "Okay, here you go." It's like, "Thank you, yes, please." You know, you you can't say no to something like that. Well, it wasn't that quick, you know. I had to call Mr. <laughs> you know, Mr. Malenko, late Larry, Boris, Professor Malenko, that you know, if if you were ready to come to Japan, you know, 19 year, years old and kind mm-hmm. of a rookie, and only I was worked independent. Very green, yeah, very green. Only worked independent in in Florida, right? You know, probably had like a two or three opponents. That's it. And you didn't even work every weekend either. And it's like, are you no. ready to become full-time in Japan with all Japan women's pro wrestling? I mean, being thrown to the pub, you know. And uh, I guess you had adventure in yourself. So I'm coming to Japan. You know, and then I called you. Yeah, I got the phone number. I called you. Jim, I don't know where I'm way- going. We don't have cell phones. I don't speak the language. Yeah, sure. Sign me up. <laughs> right. you got to realize this is way, I mean, decades before the internet well not only that fumi paint the picture of what kind of wrestling and what kind of opponents she had when she got there yeah like you know the top was of course bonakano you have asha kang you have manami toyota you have kyoko inoue the akira hokuto the i mean you name just who's who in women's professional wrestling in japan at the time you have arguably the most physically demanding pro wrestling on the planet at that time. And went into rookie dojo training there. Right. Which was perfect because how, how else are you going to learn the ropes if you don't just, you know, dive in and start rolling and start, start working with them. You know, you can't be expected to just go out there in the ring and have a match. You gotta, you gotta get to know, what you're doing and what their style is. So that was perfect for me. Yeah, and about a month after you came to Japan, I believe it was a March of 1991, that about a month after you came in, there was like a boot camp camp like you you were sent to some island by karate, yeah. you know, karate instructor Yamazaki sensei. And you had the whole week of just training, no matches, no shows. Remember that time? You know, you Yeah, you well, went to small, everybody small, went. Everybody yeah, in the company island. went. Yep. Just to train about eight to ten hours a day for the entire week. Yeah, lots of running, lots. Yeah, yeah. That not my my best thing. Running, I'm not a runner, but we did it, so I survived. <laughs> the, I did the not whole die. week of boot camp training. That no no <laughs> matches, no you know no TV, no shows. Just everybody went there to train for the week, and you were not really informed about that. That's like, are we going? And you're going. You're coming and. Put you put you on the bus and train and, 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 and put you in the boat, right? Yeah. So a lot island. of a lot of those things that I went through, the communication was not great because, <laughs> um, yeah, I just followed the pack, did what others well, did. I you know, there there wasn't a lot of, of it. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and Jim, Jim, they did not have an interpreter there. So what'd you do? You just, Debbie, you just stood there and then kind of pretended you understood, right? Yeah, I, I'd listened <laughs> and tried to make the best of it, looked to see what others were doing and just followed suit and did my best. 
So I, I tried to acclimate and get along and, you know, do what I could. So some of the girls knew a little English, you know, like what you'd learn in high school language class, which helped sure. a lot. So they were very patient with me trying to, trying to help me along the way, which was great. They were phenomenal, but you know, they had to have a lot of patience with me too. Cause I, you know, 19 year old <laughs> fresh from the farm kind of, yeah, it was, it was a struggle, yeah, but it was Longo worth Lake it. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But initially, before you came to Japan, Jim, I had to go back, uh, just uh, rewind a couple months, three months. There was a TV show. Remember, we, we all came in. The Tatsumi Fujinami had a TV Catch special, me. and I was part of, yeah, part of the writing team. So that I went to Florida, and there was a uh, TV show called Chikyu Catch Me. And remember that, you know, a group of athletes coming to town and stay with people, and uh, at the end of the stay, we do the tag of war. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and you were there again. There again. Here I am, nobody, just starting in wrestling. And who do I get to meet? Fujinami. Yeah, Fujinami, right? Because Fujinami visiting Carl Gotch in Florida, and went to visit Malenko Wrestling School. And Jody, Joe Malenko, great wrestler, but at the time he was working as a uh, pharmacist. pharmacist. Yeah. Then yeah. went to visit there, and Willie Wilkins's workplace. And Jumbo Breda was working as a lifeguard at the swimming pools in city. And we, you know, all these, you know, athletes, you know, the, the Fujinami's group became friends with them and, and stayed at right. their house and all these things. And, uh, and then at the end of the stay, we did the tag war. Then after, you know, and we went to the fire show. department that I Thank volunteered. You, yeah, at. we came to yeah. your fire department and where you were working. And Fujinami, you know, met you, and the, the, this is a girl from fire department. Oh, wow. And then, hey, wow. <laughs> was, is she a wrestler, too? Then showed up at your independent show. Yeah. yeah. So that was and that the, was a good beginning, because you were already on the network television show before your arrival. That helped, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, when I went to, when I got there, and the company was having shows of course i wasn't in any of them at the start it took a while before they you know gave me matches but they would have me go in the ring and they would introduce me and people would already know who i was and i and think also, it's because of the show in the magazine of course yeah but the, one more topic we have to cover is that how you you know like a, you had different ring name at the, at the beginning you know but uh, it was, uh, you know, our group effort that make Debbie a Malenko, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, because uh, yeah. when I started out, um, Larry um, gave me the name Debbie Drake. So Debbie that Drake. is what that is what I was using the, you know, in my first few matches on the independent scene. And then he changed it, which I didn't know how that came about. You know, I, I, I asked Mr. Malenko. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden he looks at yeah. me and he's like, you know, here's your name. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, that's the family name. So that was probably the coolest thing ever. Yeah, because the legacy, well, the, the Malenko name, you know, their real name was Simon, you know, but the mm -hmm. great Boris, you but know, the the, 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 Professor Malenko, Jody Malenko, Dean Malenko. 
and just kind of almost like a Japanese tradition to take your master's name, you know. So you are Debbie Malenko now. There you have it. And then the Japanese fan would, asso would associate. You come from Malenko Wrestling School and you're Debbie Malenko and you do submission and suplex and kick. And you dress like wrestler and not a bikini. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And I so still have the, to say wrestling singlets are not the most attractive attire ever. <laughs> um, so, but it, it makes sense with wrestling because of the amateur background and the, you know, the catch wrestling and the, the legitimate, you know, Yeah, and also some Japanese wrestling fans thought that you dressed like, like Steiner Brothers, so that was cool, right. too. Yeah. Well, when I was tag teaming with uh, Saki, that, that yeah, was Hasegawa, awesome. Cause, yeah, so we oh, did a helped. little Steiner entrance, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And also being the only American on, on the whole, whole roster, it was a, like very special. You just had to do the Japanese style. And I didn't realize you had to go through this, <laughs> how you went through this <laughs> six-man tag team and being the only American with 100 I, high spots. I think the hardest thing, though, was working that style, but working yeah. my style in that style. You know, because yeah. they, they, they want you to work the, the Japanese style where it's high spot, high spot, high spot, just fast and furious. But I still have to be myself. You and throw that the, in there. the Malenko work into the ring. Well, it's a lot of submission. It's a lot of suplex. It's a lot of stuff that kind of slows down a fast match like that. So But it, they do which, a lot of suplex too, so. They do. They do, which that was probably my saving grace, was being able to do that was the um, the catalyst to doing yeah. my style with their style because it that translates both ways. But getting the submission in there was a bit difficult only because it slows down the match. Yeah, but at the time, UWF, male wrestling in Japan, mm -hmm. submission was becoming more and more popular that, that the wrestling fans are more educated about Korgach, UWF, Akira Maeda, Nobuhiko Takada, that the Fujiwara style submission. There used to be like a B-side of your vinyl record, but it turned right. into <laughs> A-side of the record. I mean, for the, the audience, they don't know the A-side, B-side of vinyl, <laughs> but I'm saying submission and the Malenko school type of wrestling was like always in the B-side of the record, but it flipped and made a, a side A, like a hit single now. Right, it, and again, I think the timing of that is what helped me because of the UWF and that starting to to become mainstream and everybody's, you know, because over there they study, you know, the Japanese They're people really and the fans, yeah, they they really get into it and they really know, you know, the style and who's doing what. So again, the whole timing of everything from the photo shoot to getting over there to the UWF and me and, you know, just everything falling together, the timing could That's not have been better. And uh, you became one of the very first uh, female wrestlers doing like FW, you know, UWF-ish style. Right. But being thrown into all Japan women's style in there. And then it just, I think it clicked. Yeah. I think it worked quite nicely. Yeah. We had some really good matches. 
Yeah, yeah. Are you following me, Jim? Well, I was thinking, for modern fans, yeah. maybe the closest parallel to Debbie might be Layla Hirsch today. Maybe. Just a thought. Just to kind of give right. people, and, people but a visual. Back in 91, 92, 93, there was no, thing, no such thing as UFC, you know, UFC or MMA. Well, there weren't many yeah. young women wrestling in high school athletics either. Very impressive. That's true, yeah. too. It, it hadn't gotten real popular, and the the crossover wasn't there. But I think now they even have, um, you know, girls' clubs, which is nice. Well, oh, for MMA? For, no, for, for high school-age girls, a lot of... Right, right, right. They do. They do. You know, I'm noticing a pattern. High school wrestling has a woman... Not easy. Training under Gotch and the Malenkos, not easy. Showing up in Japan <laughs> at 19, thrown into all Japan women, and that style and roster, not easy. Geesh, Debbie, take a break of it. You <laughs> I never do anything the easy way. No, yeah. you do not. They, they, they put you in, a, in an all Japan women's dormitory, too. You know, I started in my own apartment, which was Medusa's old apartment. Right, right, right so after they, she moved out. Yep. So they put me there, but it was, it was a bit far away from the dojo. So they they finally moved me over to where I was just upstairs of the dojo, right. one of those apartments. The office building. Yeah, and I think that worked better for me because I was, you Older know, if I was going to be the same floor. Who was that? Other other rookies, like new faces, are in the, like a, your floor or above. Then the yeah. midget was living in the fifth floor. Yeah, they. I think they were on the very top floor. Right, like a roof. Yeah. So they were there. Then our apartments. Then we had the restaurant and the office and the dojo. Dojo so, and the big garage. In the big garage. Yeah, with two buses. You know. Uh, Jim, that the old Japan women's building was really interesting, you know, like a, exactly what you need to run wrestling business. You know, that the one building has it all, you know, have a that the big you know garage for two buses, one's for, you know, girls, you know, talent wrestler to travel on, and the other bus for ring and a bar barricade and the steel chairs and you know, you know whatnot. You know. Then the left hand hand side of the building, first floor was dojo. Second floor, the restaurant they were running called Sanzoku. Then there's an office where Rossi was working. And then third, fourth floor was, you know, dormitory. Interesting, huh? Was it nice? How would you describe the quality of it? Was it, it was, it's already like a 30, 40-year-old building. Was it run down? <laughs> Which it, it's yeah. not there anymore, but it was right. nice, not actually. Yeah, it was, you know, the apartment was kind of like a studio apartment. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it was plenty of room for one person. It was, it was fine. It was, uh, it was good to be close to what was going on, though, so I could immerse myself in being around people and getting better at the language and getting used to the, um, you know, the the routine and everything. So I actually liked being at the building in better building, than being. Yeah, and then you yeah. walk down to the second floor and then go into the office, and there's always somebody there. So. Yeah, and check in with everybody, and everybody in there was nice. I had, uh, you know, a couple of the office ladies would take care of me quite nicely. They like asked me how I was doing. Mom. Yeah. 
Yeah? Exactly. But they were wrestlers in the 60s, so did you know that? Yes, that I knew. Yeah. So they so knew they, what, it, what it was like. Exactly, and that's probably one of the reasons that they took pity on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Then, then uh, like at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, the bus time comes. Everybody starts showing up with this 50, you know, 50 cc mopeds, you know, Aja, and everybody shows up with her with their mopeds, right? Yeah, mopeds, bicycles. Suppose, Some of them live, yeah, yeah close enough to walk. Walking distance, but, yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets on the bus and go to show, and then back then they're running what 300 shows a year. Yeah, we were we were moving a lot. Like every week, we did definitely have a show, but some some weeks we'd have two or three. Seven days in a row, ten days in a row. Yeah, there Sometimes there were a couple of spurts like that. Yeah, and but some they, shows, some like shows you guys busy. have to set up the ring and the cheers. It it all depended because what would happen is, of course, the um the truck with the equipment would head out first along with the, um, they'd have a van that would have a speaker system. And the, to do the, the loudspeaker advertising. To do the loudspeaker and put up the flyers and the posters. So those Old guys would- wrestling business. It was amazing, it was awesome. So they would head out and then we would follow. And yep. then if we were, like say we got behind on time, we didn't have a lot of time to set up. It was all hands on deck. We're all putting the ring together or we're all carrying it down afterwards because we got to book it to the next town for the next day. And it was some just... days you run you know, house shows, spot shows in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we were in parking lots. We were in um, you know outdoor shows a lot in the summer. In summer, which... a lot of outdoor shows, yep. yeah. But it it rained sometimes, but you still yeah. had shows. Still had shows, which scared me when, you know, people are doing moonsaults and stuff in the rain. It just, I'm like, potential for injury because, of course, working for the fire department, you know, you're yeah. going on rescue calls where people are, you know, broken bones or accidents and things, and all you're thinking is safety first. And then we're going out in the rain and jumping off our ropes on the slippery surfaces. Why not, right? <laughs> well, not only that, Debbie. That was I, the day. I think a lot of fans always have the same question year after year. How does someone like you, who is not yet immersed in the culture or the language, how do you get in the ring with an opponent and call a match when neither of you speak the same language? <laughs> well, You'll find then you realize, way. you know, wrestling has no language barrier well and a lot of the moves have the same name whether it's english in america or if it's in Urban japan suplex, moon salts, yeah, suplex, moon drop salts. kicks and body slams yeah lariat lariato yeah lariato yeah even when we went to mexico it was the same thing you're you know if you're looking at moves and someone says, you know, throws an arm and says the word, okay, you know, that's the word for it. And usually it's pretty darn close. if not the same as what you're used to. <laughs> yeah. Who are the that's only true. differences are like move or, you know, duck, you know, those words can be a little different. You have to be careful with those, Yeah. but, but the moves are the same. 
Please. Yeah, well, if, if you don't duck, you get clothesline in your mouth. So Yes, you do. <laughs> and it's your fault. So Who did you start to uh, fall in with when you first got there on the roster? Well, funny, when they picked me up from the airport, uh, the Moreno sisters, Esther and Cynthia, were flying in at the about the same time. And then Rossi was there with Hasegawa. So those I was two... There too, though. You were there too, yeah. but uh, those, the three of you picked us up from the airport. So I think Rossi said he, before I, I think before I even got there, he decided she was going to be my tag team partner. Saki Hasegawa. Yeah. He yeah. had the plan. Yeah. He had the plan and he's a mastermind when it comes to wrestling. I love his yeah, brain. Yeah, I love so the way go. it works. Put, put Hasegawa and Debbie Malenko together. As new generation tag team, you know, because she was like a third year, you know, and then you already had the super veterans like Bonakano, the Akira Hokuto, the you know, Manami Toyota, Kyoko, you know, well, Kyoko, you know, is still somewhat new, you know, Kyoko, you know, and Mariko Yoshida, but the, they were Ito. up and coming, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kaorito, yeah, they were all already good, but uh, Rasi had this vision that uh, you and Hasegawa will click as a team like a female Steiner Brothers type. And it worked. Which, which it was you brilliant. Did, you I know, love it. A year later, yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. It worked. Rossi is still doing yeah. it today. And stardom <laughs> right, is same thing. Yeah. one of the most popular right. growing promotions in the world. Incredible. But he stardom, has a great yeah. mind for wrestling. So he can, I, why not? You know, any company that he's part of or running or owns i mean his the way he puts things together it works great and he's got a good eye for talent too yeah yeah so what other and teams did you so, wrestle uh, what's that you and your what did what teams were you programmed against uh well when i first had matches it was all the the younger kid um Goodness, I don't even remember all the names, but the 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 real green young girls, we we would work together, and then it was um, Hasegawa and me. We would work against um, Mariko Yoshida, and yeah. Oh, what was that group? It was Mariko Ito. Um, well, was that Freedom was something? Yeah, because they. They make unit, they make faction, and they break up a year later. So it's, it's so hard <laughs> to remember. And also, Jim, that the, they don't program you for same opponent for three to six months there. You know, when they got the 40 wrestlers in roster, they change their lineup rather quick. So one night you, you might be working Aja Kang. Another, you know, next night you might be working some, you know, completely somebody else. And for a while, um, while Hasegawa was you know, sidelined with injuries, there was time that the Manami Toyota and you made a tag team too, right? That's true too. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the great thing about it is if you mix it up like that, you, you build chemistry and then you find who you can work with and who, you know, the communication no, and the moves, they just click. And we work so often and we we're able to work with you know different lineups like that that you could have some really good matches because oh I just worked with her the other day but now she's on 
you know, teaming with so-and-so and you just, you get these, you know, the, this rhythm going to where Japanese style is fast, but man, you could just fly through some moves in the ring and make it look amazing because you've worked with them for so many matches that it just, it just clicks and it's amazing. And I think that's one of the, the things about that company that made it so great was just at that time, the mix of talent that we had, we were able to work that well together. Who did you click with? And also Jim, like in, in Japanese wrestling or Japanese women's wrestling, that the, when you are in, in some of the undercard, Debbie, remember, after you work like a second, third match of the night, you put on the white T-shirt, the, the company T-shirt, and go back to the ringside and be second. Yep. Yeah. So actually, you were watching the entire show up close. Right, because you were you were involved in the whole production that way. With um, in the independent scene, like right now, you'll go to a show, but then you know you work a match and you're gone. So you don't have time to build a rapport or a chemistry or um, you know just that that sense of being working independence all the time with different people that you can get from working a company with the same people. Yeah. Whereas you went back to ringside after you worked the match and put on the, you know, the top and bottom and go back there and carry, you know, senior wrestlers, you know, costume or, you know, mm -hmm. the, the hold the towel for them or, or right. just be down by the ringside when somebody does tope or something. Right. Well, it gives you a sense of ownership, too. Like, you're part of what's going on, no matter what's going on. So you, you have pride in the company. You have pride in what you're doing. And it's all about putting on a great show, doing what you need to do to make everybody safe and everybody have a good match. And it, it really makes for a great product when everybody's invested. And who, who are some and of the I people... Yeah, first time that you already had single match against Bo Nakano probably six months after oh. you came. Well, you, you weren't mean, quite ready. But no, uh, and that that match at the Cork, and I just landed at Narita Airport. The second time, yeah. You went back yeah. home for a couple, a couple of weeks and came back. Right. But the night of the show, I landed, and there's um, uh, Yano a couple of the guys picked me up at the airport. I'm like, hey, guys, because they weren't the usual people that would pick me up. And they're like, uh, Debbie, you change in van. You have, you know, they brought me in the night of the show instead of the night before. So we had to go from the airport to Corican for my singles with Bull. <laughs> so, yeah. You yeah, have to change so in the car. In the car. So that was a little nerve-wracking. And I did not put on a good showing that night. And that was probably my biggest um, regret was not doing a good match with her because my goodness, it's Bull Nakano, right? Single so, match. Single match at the cork and ah, yeah. and I just was not on par. I didn't, I did not do my best and I, I wish I could go back and do better, but that's everybody's yeah, but, got a regret in life. Exactly one year after that, you had a single match against Akira Hokuto. And that was a good one. That was a good one. That was probably one of my favorite matches. 
you know, working with her was, was a dream. Yeah. She is such a professional and she is such a good wrestler that, yeah, I, I love that match. It's probably my favorite one. Okay. Are you with me, Jim? Yeah. I mean, listen to those names on that (laughs) roster. I mean, that style of wrestling, I guess if you have never seen it, I can't stress it enough. Um, how snug it looked and just how athletic it was. It was, it was an incredible time in wrestling. And about a year after you've been to Japan, the, you actually started speaking Japanese too, right? I tried speaking as much as I could, as often as I could. So like with the and, girls. And um, you hear some certain words and certain patterns of phrases from them, and you, what does that mean, right? And then you start, you know, So I, whenever I talked to him, I tried to use more Japanese and less English unless, you know, I just couldn't get, you know, I didn't know what I was saying in Japanese, but I tried my hardest to use it as often as I could and try to just be, you know, even the um, enunciations and the, you know, um, some of the slang too, just throwing it in and trying to make that my everyday language. I just tried to immerse myself in it. it yeah, I, I thought you were speaking Japanese then. Yeah. Well, you helped out a lot too, because I'd be like, Fumi, what are they saying? And you'd be like, okay, this is this. Like, okay, great. And then you're like, no, don't say that word. I'm like, how come? What, what is that, Fumi? Tell me, tell me. <laughs> well, explain that, Debbie. What? I mean, so many wrestlers, Fumi has been critical in their careers in Japan because he wants to be American. What was your impression when you met Fumi? <laughs> well, first off, he's got this uh, a mullet, which was fabulous, An by epic, the way. Epic mullet. Which... <laughs> oh, don't talk about me, no, please. <laughs> That's like your trademark. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm That's a, your gimmick weekly there, pro wrestling yeah. writer, editor, week in, week out, you know, year in, year out. That uh, that's what I did for the longest time, and and I was so involved with all Japan women's wrestling with Rossi, and and uh, it, you know there was a dark age after Crush Girls that and Medusa came in, and you know, and then and they tried a lot of things after you know super popular Crush Girls era ended. And uh, they had to wait until Bon Nakano era. That brought in a lot of male audience instead of teenage girl audience. See, Crash Girls was super popular, but their audience were dominantly female audience, like a teenage female audience. When Crash Girls graduated, basically, from wrestling, they left too, you know? So there uh-huh. was yeah, short period, dark age, and they had to build up, you know? I think someone just That's changed the subject on us. In. What's that, Jim? Huh? Someone just changed the subject on us. I noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> we went from yeah. his epic mullet to crush girls. Talk about stupid mullet yeah, like that. Look, it's well, what you're known Fumi for. Was... I'm sorry. Yeah, and nobody can rock a mullet like Fumi. Damn I gotta straight. say, peace out. <laughs> but you were so you were so energetic and so helpful and just just honestly wide open like here I am let me help you this is 
this is what they're thinking. This is uh, what you need to do. And you need to wear a, a singlet. Okay, Fumi. Sure. You, it's like, you know, here I am, wide-eyed, doe-eyed, not knowing what's going on. And here you are basically taking my me by the hand going, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you even helped me get my boots and my outfit made. So without yeah. you, go with I was, your, your, your new image, like a female yes. Steiner brothers. Right. Yeah. So without you, I'm so excited I to had see no someone on that. becoming, you know, like a star, you know. I mean, somebody making it as a wrestler, you know, it was really exciting, you know. And uh, yeah. And at yeah, the so same when you time, have somebody the, like that that's invested in you and excited about you, it's yeah. it's such a godsend. It's like, thank you. Because I don't know what I'm doing. So, again, thank yeah, you. But for... That was you who did it, you know. And uh, at the same time, if you remember that the cross-promotion era, you know, begun, you know, first you were programmed against two girls, like all, total strangers from FMW, Maidomari and uh, Krusha, you know. Right. Yeah. That didn't go so well. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but uh, you had to, you know, go out, you know, go out there and kind of basically take care of yourself, because you yeah. don't know these re two wrestlers, you know, Shia and Maidomari, that they they they're they, they brought up in completely different environment, trained under right. Onita, male and wrestling. I didn't, I didn't know a lot about them and their company's mentality. So going in, being so immersed in the All Japan way of doing things, doing that match, I would have liked to have had a little bit more knowledge going in because, you know, you get in there, you get stiff. It's like, okay, you know, um, so here, you're going to get one back. So you, you give them a receipt and then it's it's almost a shoot. Where yeah, the potatoes and receipts mentality is universal, you know? Yeah, so, you know, you do have to take care of yourself, but you want to put on a good show and trying to trying to have a good match in a situation where you're you're really not working together for a good match. It it was you know, being being young in my career at the time, I probably would have, I would have done things differently now looking back in the match than I did then. So yeah, protecting yeah. Protecting Hasegawa a little go, bit. Going to the ring with total strangers is another thing that could happen in wrestling, you know? Right. Oh, hello, well, nice in to meet wrestling, you. In wrestling, you have to be able to trust the person right, not to right. injure oh, you. The trust factor wasn't there, really. It was not but there. The, they, but they put you in the program. You did that more than once. Yeah. Well, the first yeah. show, I was naive enough not to realize they didn't care about safety. So oh, okay. the, in the second show, I knew better, but it's just, so, you know, but this in a promotion thing, not just all Japan women, but the FMW women's division mm. and JWP, LLPW, and you know, whatnot, just all those companies started working together and they were, there you have women's wrestling boom period, you know? Yeah. Well, and yeah. Cutie Suzuki got over huge, too, while I was there. She was in the, yeah. um, what company was she with, Fumi? AWP. Right. Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. The second company, sort of. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 
different set of different set of wrestlers and completely different set of roster. Right. Yeah. Well, but, you, uh, you and Hasegawa went on to win the tag titles. Talk about your run. Yeah, uh, all Japan women's tag team title, but didn't quite get to the WWWA women's world tag team titles, you know? Right, and I think we could have. If I hadn't got injured and left right. when I when I did, I think we could have, we could have gone a long way and had a good run and a, a good um, competition with the tag teams that were there. Right. At the time, they they were so good together. Already had all Japan women's single title once too. See, it's just like a title picture hierarchy is very clear that the red belt, you know, the top belt, the red belt, the WWWA right. women's title. Then the second belt was a white belt. If you remember the Pacific belt, the Pacific, the yeah. Third, yeah, yeah. And the third belt was your all Japan women's single title. So it's right, kind of like your WWE title. Universal title to Intercontinental title to, to U.S. Heavyweight title or something like that, right? Yep. I like the looks of the black belt the best, though. Yeah, yeah. You're so <laughs> proud of it. You stop braiding your hair so and all that. Happy. Yep. Well, I needed to do something different. And yeah. I kind of like the braids. Maybe I'll go back to that. Okay. Are you sure? Okay. Oh, well. You, you do the mullet. Well, you don't like the braids? No, no, I don't have mullets anymore. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, Do you still have your, uh, your long beard? I just shaved it. Oh, boomy. Uh, not, not a long beard. I just had a whisker, you know, mustache, said, you know, like it was, all gray. It was growing, the Fu Manchu. It was growing. No, I shaved it. Gosh. Jim, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interrupting mullet talk. Are you crazy? Okay, <laughs> let me reset. Mullet See, yeah, so, but the women's, women's you know, wrestling in early 90s, really picking up again, you know, and then that was the era Debbie really witnessed, you know, and uh, they started running more and more Korakuen shows, and they started running places like Kawasaki, the Yokohama Arena, the, uh -huh. you know, start going to bigger buildings. Then you got hurt in Kawasaki. Was he a right. tag team partner, uh, Manami Toyota, then, that night? No, it was Toyota and um, Yoshio. Uh, Shimoda? Shim no. No, when I got hurt, it was. Um, Wasn't Hasegawa then? No, Hasegawa was my partner that night. And it was Toyota and Yamada. Oh, okay. So it's Yamada, Toshio Yamada. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we were, yeah, it was a tag team match, them against us. And hey, was, was that like a, you, you, you had to dive outside the ring or what, what really happened? Well, we did a spot where everybody ended up outside the ring. I don't okay. know if I copayed out or what, but I was outside. Um, Hasegawa was next to me and then uh, Toyota went off the uh corner yeah big huge dive big huge dive and when she came down i was just in such a position that um land on your ankle i well i was standing there and there was there was tv cords and things behind ah. me 
So when I went to go down, I went to the side and my foot was in an awkward position and it just, you know, snapped the ankle. So the and foot, you broke ankle in three places. Yeah, I broke the small bone in the side of the leg and then I broke all the uh, the ligaments off of the ankle. So if you were to put your leg out and your foot out, your foot would just fall over to the side by itself. So there was uh, there was no structure there. So like a, not just three different places, but they could completely destroy your ankle. Yeah. So all the soft tissue, the ligaments, tendons that connect the ankle to the leg were stripped. So there was right. no, nothing to support it. Yeah. And Jim, she had surgery in Japan. Of course she did. She's dead. Of course the leg. I did. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the ankle like and, now? And you were in hospital. Japanese hospital and then had a you know the, the very complicated operation surgery done by Japanese doctor and you were in the hospital in Idabashi and I delivered pizza for you one day one day you did you did yeah. uh, what a nice uh, guy yeah what yeah, a guy then then you brought <laughs> the X-ray home right I did yeah then showed that to American doctor. Yeah, they were amazed that I could even walk with the type of injury that I had. They were like, if you had that surgery done here, you wouldn't be walking. They were talking ankle fusion, you know, just, yeah, you would be done. And I'm like, well, good thing I wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, but like, it was good to bringing, you know, big x-ray home to show that to the doctor back home and just, you know, because you need to do a lot of rehab, right? Yeah. Yeah, that wow. I did. And while I was in the hospital, I had uh, three other girls' roommates, and they were they were so much fun. We had um oh two two times where we got in trouble with the nurses because we hid their charts. Yeah, we were yeah. <laughs> The nurse would come in and then she'd leave and then we'd get up and we'd take the chart and slide it under, you know, the bed or, yeah, we, we were, we had way too much fun in there. And then we played a, played a lot of cards in the, uh, in the common area. Yeah. So, yep. And card games are universal. Doesn't matter where you go. Cards are cards, which is wonderful. Right. Yeah. And that then was I got, already like your third year in Japan. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and I, yeah. I got in trouble for escaping from the hospital because there was a match at the Corican. Yeah. Ah. And Rossi came to get me to take me to it because I wanted to go. And the nurses are like, well, you know, you can't leave. And I'm like, um, but I want to go. So they had to call the doctor, get special permission for Rossi to check me out and take me over to the show. So I was there on my crutches, and um, uh, Toy was there. Ishikawa. Ishikawa, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he actually carried me down to the dressing rooms because you know how it's on the multi levels at the Corican. Right. You got oh, the ring he gave you a piggyback ride? No, no. He literally picked me up in his arms and carried me down the stairs so I could go say hi to the girls in the dressing room. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Then uh, the fast forward a little, and then you then you went to your own adventure to your back to Florida to Barbanks to Alaska to all these places. 
until you decided to come back to wrestling. But you had, you know, well, fast forward a lot. That you got married, you had kids, you raised kids, and you know, now it's time for you to come back to wrestling. I fast forward a lot. Yes, <laughs> which is fine. It's it's good. I'm here now. Yeah. Yeah, and my yeah. kids, my kids are quite happy too to see, you know, to see some of the wrestling shows and. And they they harass me. Oh my goodness, they're they're horrible. Like, did you gee, tell mom. your kids about your huh. wrestling days? When they were younger, I did not. Uh-uh, because right, I wouldn't right. let them watch wrestling either on TV. Uh, because that was when everybody is parading around in bikinis. Attitude, attitude era. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to expose my kids to this. This is not family friendly wrestling and then you got people out there saying really x-rated stuff on tv um i was not happy with that either whoever was writing all of that not happy with it so i didn't i didn't expose them to the fact that i was a wrestler until they were much older and then the wrestling on tv was better so they could they could appreciate it more what was their what was their reaction old enough to help you know like to support you right Yeah, their mom trying to make comeback, you know, big comeback. Yeah, and then they're like, "Gee, mom, why didn't you win?" I'm like, "Why didn't you win?" Thanks, guys. Yeah, because like the NWA show I did, uh, Mickey Uh James was nice enough to invite me out for uh, the Empower show that they did, and it was it was uh, you know a lot of great women there. There's a lot of really great talent right now for women's wrestling. And we were doing this um, this match, and you know we're going in one right after the other after the other. So I got a, a very short window of time in the ring, and then I got eliminated. And I still hear about that now. <laughs> Gee, when mom, you're so great. Your you're a MMA legend. Fight. Um, MMA was the last year. Was it last year? Yeah, because. I did that, and then I did the NWA show. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so that was all last year. Wow. Yeah, Time flies. MMA wasn't the wasn't the you know the, the wasn't the thing at the time. I mean, back in ni- early nineties. But now that the, the this is the, like you have a different option now that the, you are well, you could you could do MMA fight and you can do the traditional pro wrestling too. Right, and, you have and MMA is so. MMA is so popular. A lot of gyms are offering that as training. Offering training, right? Yeah, right. it's it's so mainstream now. It's like, why would I not do that? You know, you can do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you can do catch, you can do MMA. Everything is out there right now for anybody to do. It's just like a buffet of athleticism go do whatever you want to. So it's a it's a good time to be alive right now. I forget if Debbie said it to me. Hang on for me. Yeah, I, now, Jim, no. that uh, when is this you are being manager of Debbie Malenko and going to the ring with her? Well, we are going to be in Las Vegas uh, May yeah? the 28th, double or nothing weekend. It is at the Silver Nugget Casino, and it's going to be starting at 12 p.m. You can get tickets, brownpapertickets.com. The name of the show is Poder. P-U-D-E-R, Quattro. Okay. And Debbie, and you be, who's your, who's Debbie your? will be wrestling a wrestler who are, what, the 20 years younger than you are? 
Fumi, stop doing the math, will you? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, this is yeah. A, you yeah, are, she's you much know. younger than I am. Thank you, Fumi. Yeah, but the, now you're doing, you can be the Terry Funk style. You know? <laughs> the Stan Hansen, Terry Funk. Right, right. Yeah, she's going to be taking yeah, on well, well, Billy Starks. that doesn't get old. Right. The I'm too old for this BS style. I'm just going to get out there and kick your ass and it's over with. Yay. <laughs> What's it like? <laughs> I mean, it's back good now. though that you're making comeback. You know, the, the life's wonderful. But you I get know? to have Jim with me. Yeah, Jim yeah. Valley is my See, manager. You, 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 is that you've not done so coolest? much that uh, Malenko School to Carl Gotts training to all Japan women's training and life in Japan and marriage, ki raising kids, all these things out in Montana. And then now you want, want to wrestle again. And this is wonderful. Yeah. What's it like being back? Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling now after however many years? Well, you realize, of course, you can never go back and be 20 years old. Um, so I'm not as fast. I'm not as, you know, quick as I, I was with the moves and things, but I still know them. So I can, you know, if, don't let me catch you in an arm bar because I'll break it off, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to work to catch you. Um, but it's it's so much fun. It's you know, getting back into something that I love doing. I wish I had a training gym here where I could do it more and just, you know, be in the ring every day and just train, train, train. Um, but getting out there, like the independent scene right now, there's so many companies and everybody's going everywhere. It's, it's nice because all of those great, women talents that I told you about that I ran into at the NWA, they're everywhere. They're, they're working in every state. They're flying across country to work in these independent places. It's, it's so much more variety now that, yep. than what yeah. we had back in the day. Yeah. I mean, you can go anywhere and see superstars everywhere. And we're going to uh, see a roster yeah. coming up on May the 28th when, uh, Ed uh, Laredo contacted me and asked me to do this. I was like, yeah, it's Debbie Malenko. Of course I'm going to do it. Yeah. You, see, my manager set this up for me, Fumi. Okay. okay. All okay. Over it. He called, oh, he called this me is up wonderful. and said, hey. Yeah. Oh, I wish I, was, yeah, I wish I could go there, but uh, I'll watch it on live streaming yeah, there, from there, Tokyo. Yeah, there is a live stream. It's only $10 if you want to watch it on the live stream. Um. Yeah, I'll watch that. I would sure. love to see you do that. I believe oh, it. Oh, it's been great. I mean, the, you know, the outcome and results are fine, but uh, I've been told it's a journey that counts, you know? It's absolutely right, because looking back, look at all the people that I've run across, all the people I've gotten to meet. At this last show, I was in uh, San Francisco, and yeah. I got to see uh, Yuji Nagata and Minaro Suzuki. Oh, yes. We're on the same card. It's like, hello. <laughs> it was amazing. And we got to talk. It's like when you're when you're in wrestling, it's like one big family. Everybody's nice to everybody. If they don't know you, they probably know of you or know someone that knows you. And if you're friends of them, you're friends of mine. 
you know, it's that's what I love about wrestling. So many great people. Yeah, and then you finally had time to you know, sit down and talk to Minoru Suzuki after decades. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I even... I'm the I same had, route. Uh, you know, Malenko, Carl Gotch, you know? Yeah, same style. Our heart's in the same place as far as when yeah, it comes amazing, to catch wrestling. You know, yeah. Yeah, and then finally cross path and uh, time to sit down and talk. It's great. Yeah, and you see each other from across the room and you know it's like, hey... You know, it's not like you have to introduce yourself. You just walk up and say, hey, good to see you. You know, it's like you already know each other. Ah, oh, how great. It is. It is wonderful. Fumi, the stream is fswnetwork.online. So just check that out. It's only $10. You don't have to sign up for the website, I'm told. Sign up $10. There you go. And yeah, see Debbie Malenko. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. Incredible oh, comeback. Just tra- Deb, Deb, you train hard until that day and get in top shape, in top gear. Yeah. Oh, I got her in yeah, a regiment. He does. He's got me pushing cars and all we're, kinds of lifting weights. and. We're doing yeah. all the Ken Patera and stuff. Also, at this stage of your career, that each and every match is very important. Oh, not that it wasn't important then, but the, <laughs> yeah, each and every match, every time you step into that ring, you know, that's, that's that much special, you know? Right. Well, that's what my husband asked me the other day. He's like, so you're taking these matches, but are you being careful about the matches you're taking? And I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I really, I, yeah anything yeah. can happen. Exactly. Uh, and of course I told him, of course I am. And no, I'm not. I'm just taking matches because I want to be out there. But, you know, I told him I was. I'm being careful, as careful as I can be. Sure. <laughs> and as important it is, yeah. Every match, this point forward, so special, you know. And very blessed. Right. And that's why when Jim asked me about doing this, I was like, Absolutely. I mean, I can, I can't pass up the opportunity one to be out there with Jim and two have him as my manager. Uh, I mean, this is going to be cool. Yeah, definitely. People have asked me before to do stuff like this for years, and I've always said no. So this is the one time. Oh, the manager. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> this is the one time I will do something in a match because of Debbie. That's a great tip. Yeah. But you won't be healed. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll do whatever I'm told. Oh, Jim and <laughs> well, you're Debbie the manager. Total manager. Yeah. I thought I'm baby supposed face, to do though. what I'm told. Well, but you're I, the manager. I need to feed off of your <laughs> your vibe. If you're going to be a little rough, then I'm ready to get rough. If you're going to uh, play it uh, above the board, then I will stay out of the way. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's a wrestling match. We're calling it in the ring. It is. No. You never know how these things go. Yeah. It's going to be oh, fun. Though. Wow. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Fumi, real quick. Yes. For people. When I say Debbie Malenko, what do you think of? Oh, Debbie Malenko. Is the same Malenko... 30 years ago, the same Malenko I talked to her today is a wonderful human being. 
and yeah, we've been friends forever. We have, and you are by far my favorite person because you've always <laughs> been there for me. You've always taken care of me, so thank you, Fumi. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm humbled, humbled. I'll do my best to take care of her as best I can in your oh, state, please. Fumi. Yeah. May the 28th, yeah. 12 p.m. Pacific. You can uh, watch oh. it online, fsnetwork.online. Okay. Debbie, that we will... Like Pacific Rim to me. You and I will uh, converse, come up with some strategies, some training, and we will get ready for Billy Starks. Yes, yeah. sure. Sounds good. <laughs> oh. Thank you for joining us.